Welcome back to Gut Talk with Jill and Jenna. We're sisters on a mission to help simplify gut health and help you live a more sustainable, healthy life, making health more digestible, if you will. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Jilly. We have a really cool episode this week. Yeah, we do. It's it's really interesting. This week is on meditation, but we really dive into a lot of different perspectives of meditation. We debunk a lot of the assumptions people make about it. And I am someone, and we talk about this during the episode, who've I've always thought that I just can't meditate. I, that's not me. I'm super high strong. Go, go, go all the time. And a few months ago, I'm like, I'm so sick of not being able to just quiet my mind, to be a little bit more still. I mean, like, I'm the foot tapping girl. I'm going at 100 miles per hour. I literally, like, kind of live in chaos a little bit. And Aaron, who is our guest today... Hmm owner of Suka Yoga Austin and Maha, which I'm sure you've seen on our Instagram, the best coffee and gluten-free, dairy-free baked goods in Austin, if not the country. And we're not over-exaggerating. Erin is a really talented baker, but her energy is incredible. And she teaches meditation and yoga classes at Suka and Jenna and I started going there when we moved to Austin and we started to get to know Erin and her energy is just so impactful. Mm-hmm. Like you feel it. She like radiates. Yeah. She really does. Yeah. And so I, last episode we talked about it briefly, but I joined a six month meditation course because I just wanted to be able to have a little bit more control over my own mind. And I have a 180-degree different perspective on meditation and mindfulness and the importance of finding your practice. Yeah. And Erin goes into detail on the the mind-body connection and the importance and how it relates to gut health. Mm -hmm. And we talk about projecting into the future and reflecting into the past and trying to find the present moment. She gives really great tips and tricks on how to get into meditation or how to start working into that practice if you're one of those people that don't feel like they can. Um, And I really do believe every single person who listens to this episode is going to find something she says that impacts them. Yep. And so I think that's it. it. I'm really excited we jumped straight into it. We yeah. were having such a wonderful conversation that Jenna just clicked record <laughs> and we kind of take off. I hope you're able to kind of get lost in this episode though and really reflect, have an open mind. Please try to have an open mind because I really do believe that some of this stuff, if you're not ready to hear it, it might come off as like not offensive, but kind of a, an attack towards you. But just be reflective and, you know, open-minded, and, and we're excited for you to listen. Yeah, we really hope you enjoy it. And with that being said, let's just get right on into it. Here's Aaron. Did you know that fiber is actually a major player in gut health, reducing bloating, balancing our microbiome, and for those into natural beauty, it also promotes glowing skin. And yet 95% of us are not getting enough, which means we're missing out on all of the incredible benefits fiber has to offer. Clear Digestive is out to reimagine fiber by offering a fiber and prebiotic blend that perfectly balances soluble, insoluble, and prebiotic fiber to support overall digestive health. Their all-natural fiber blend is thoughtfully crafted from only real food ingredients like apples, flaxseed, and chia seeds and has no artificial sweeteners or fillers. Can I get an amen for that? Check out their website at cleardigestive.com and get 15% off when you use the code GUTTALK at checkout. It comes down to being in an inquiry, being in a state of curiosity around like, how does that make me feel when I am not being myself and instead I'm trying to get someone to like me or to be part of the, the cool crew? How does that make me feel? Do I feel like I'm being myself or do I feel like I'm performing? 
And, and whether we're talking about gut health mm -hmm. or meditation or parenting or being in a friendship relationship or just being out in the world, there's so much pressure all the time and it impacts every layer of who we are. Yeah. And, and you said working on the relationship with yourself I think in today's world, that doesn't stop in high school. Like you don't get to college, you don't graduate college and get into the real world and oh, your relationship just gets better. If you don't focus on it, that is a generational problem because you, you your trauma, the inner voices that you suppress or pretend aren't there, they don't go away without the work. No, and often what happens when you're young and you are have experienced uh, chaos, stress, uh, any anxiety, uh, peer pressure, anything that feels like a, like a, a big trauma or even just the day-to-day -day being a teenager, mm -hmm. a lot of the times what happens is we adapt coping mechanisms that don't actually support our well-being. And whether that be eating disorders or even disordered eating, uh, whether it be, you know, using substances to take the edge off, uh, even now the addiction of social media yep. and being constantly plugged in to what's happening everywhere, but with ourselves. Yeah. So we grow up in an environment where we're constantly looking for something to either distract us or to take the edge off of a feeling that feels uncomfortable. We don't learn either through our parents or through our peers or through our own learning mm -hmm. how how to stay with ourselves how to regulate our nervous system how to be adaptable mm -hmm. we instead look for easy quick fixes or ways to pretend that everything's fine and then we hit maybe 30 mm -hmm. and we go what the fuck I'm sick, I'm stressed, I'm anxious. I have gut I'm, problems. I have gut problems. Right. I have anxiety issues. I'm, I'm restless. I'm unsettled. I don't feel comfortable in my body. And if we could reflect back, it's not even anyone's fault. It's not like you're wrong or you're bad. It's that we've adapted, maladapted, yeah. right? We've used coping mechanisms to deal with mm -hmm. the stuff that has created inner turmoil, inner chaos, inner confusion. And now we're having the repercussions of it. Yeah. And, and whether that be gut issues or physiological issues or emotional, social, or psychological issues that keep us from being relaxed, keep us from feeling comfortable in our skin, keep us from feeling like we can enjoy our lives. Yeah. Uh, now more and more though, there's so much information. Yeah. There's so much available to us. Uh, it, this is called the information age mm -hmm. and it's literally, we can find anything we want online instantly, yeah. which is exciting in a lot of ways, but also can just add to the sense of confusion and overwhelm because yeah. there's so much information. How do we ever know what's helpful, what's real, or what's trendy, and what's actually another form of like diet culture or some other version of trying to control the narrative of how you're supposed to be in the world in order to fit in. Yeah. yeah. How do we sift through all that stuff? And right. It's so interesting. So to give everyone who's listening kind of just like some perspective of where we're at, we're at Suka and Maha, mm -hmm. which is, John and I have found like a second home here. Mm -hmm. And it's not because Aaron or anyone has asked us to come in, but we started coming here because of the energy and the feeling. And I would say- And the, uh, the gluten and dairy-free dessert. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but I Let's would be find real. myself being like, you know what? I, I need just some alone time. I'm going to go read at Maha and Zuka. Or, you know, I just need to like pick my spirits up 
we find our way here. And so over time, we started coming here and we started to get to know you and we started having these incredible conversations. And a lot of people who listen to the podcast kind of know Jenna and myself a little bit. And I'm the a little bit more high strong, the super intense kind of Jenna's nodding her head like so <laughs> aggressively right now. Can't calm down. And we had a conversation probably a month ago now. And we were talking about this six month meditation course. And in my head, I'm like, Aaron, no shot mm-hmm. because I'm not a meditator and I'm not a Zen person. And then you didn't push, you didn't say anything, but I started to think to myself, wow, like I'm constantly looking for a distraction. I am constantly trying to avoid my problems by just creating different things. I, my mom said to me, Jill, I love you. You live in a state of chaos. Chaos is your safe place. And I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> and that's super real. That is right? so relatable. I, I imagine so many people who are listening today could be like, that's why I'm drawn to this podcast. That's mm-hmm. why I like listening to y'all because I see myself. I'm like, Jen, you know, Jenna or Jill, y'all are relatable. And when you say out loud, you know, I'm comfortable in chaos. I think that's a very common way of being for so many of us that we think and imagine that we're thriving in the chaos, partly because we don't know any different Mm -hmm. and partly because we've adapted and habituated ourselves to it. But a lot of the times we think that it's normal. We think (sighs) that when things are are chaotic and busy that, okay, I I have purpose Mm -hmm. versus what it would be like to do the opposite yeah, and to be in a state of just pause. Yeah. But it's hard. It's easy to say and harder to do. Right. And a lot of the times the talk, you know, it all is a good talk. We could talk for hours. We could talk for days. We could talk for months Mm -hmm. about the importance of mindfulness, the importance of meditation, the importance, especially right now, it's very buzzy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very in to meditate and, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm grateful personally that more people are curious about what is mindfulness, what is meditation, and just like any other trend or any other thing that people are hooked into, we can only we can catch the like the hashtag of it or yeah. the the kind of um, whatever might be trendy about it, yeah. and then we forget actually the value that it adds to our lives right you posted that you meditated on instagram right but like the meditation actually didn't serve its purpose right but but you posted it so right so you're meditating and then you're in we're talking a good talk yeah or we're doing the thing for the for the picture or and i don't mean to judge anyone who's doing that because we all need to start somewhere. So I say, whatever gets you there, whatever gets you curious about meditation, if it's this podcast and you're like, huh, I never thought about meditating before. And now I'm listening to this and, you know, Jillian and Jenna both sound kind of like I relate to them. So if they're curious about it, maybe I could be curious about it. But meditation isn't like this big, heavy pressure environment. Meditation, mindfulness is really just about paying attention in a non-judgmental way. So in that way, every single one of us could practice paying attention without judging, even if it was just temporary. Yeah. Like I could suspend judgment just for this conversation and just be curious. Oh, huh. Interesting. That's a way of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. If something isn't going your way in your day, let's say you're trying to concentrate on doing a podcast and in the room next door, there's a bunch of chatter (laughs) and noise. That may be happening right now. Yeah, that's actually happening in real life that we're, we're in a room and don't people know that we're trying to have a podcast and we're really focused Mm -hmm. and I could be annoyed. I could be judgy. I could be like, I could rage and get up and be like, hey, be quiet in there. Don't you know we're doing a podcast? Instead, meditation and mindfulness would ask me just to notice that urge around like Mm -hmm. wanting people to be quiet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is real true for you, but I know I came to meditation thinking I'll meditate or I'll be a good meditator when... 
Yeah. When mm-hmm. the house is quiet, when I have more time, when my boss isn't driving me crazy, when my my lover is like doing what I want them to do, when my kids are being you know, good listeners or doing what they're supposed to do or whatever it is, like all these rules around all meditate when, or I'll be a good meditator when, or meditation is going to fix everything. I think we have all these like preconceived ideas around what is meditation, what is mindfulness and, and what's going to happen when I do it or why I can't do it. Yeah. Right? What are some like myths or ideas you, when you think about meditation, do you think like hinder you from doing it or why you're curious about it? Yeah. Well, so I'm one sixth of the course complete, right? And it was so interesting because my thoughts going into the weekend were like, I've had a lot going on at work. So stress a lot of times comes as negative. I'm stressed, but it's, it's good stress. I would say like, it's, it's, there's a lot going on a lot that I'm paying attention to. And I'm like, I'm just not in the right mindset to go to a three day meditation. Like we're going to be meditating all the time. I have to be in this Zen place. And you had said ahead of time, just have no expectation and just come in with a really open mind. And I checked myself in the parking lot and like Jillian, let it go, mm-hmm. clear the brain and just walk in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was such an incredible weekend because I thought I had to sit on a pillow, crisscross my legs and think about nothing for hours at a time. Right. Because that's what we have created meditation. Right. To be. When you think about meditation and the images of wise or enlightened people you think about someone perhaps in like a spiritual robe uh sitting Mm -hmm. like you said cross-legged with their eyes rolled up into their head (laughs) and like lotus flowers and bliss and Mm -hmm. and they're never they're never upset no everything is super serene right then you can't get mad you can't curse you can't right it's just like and that's just not real life right Uh uh-huh and so we see this image and instead of seeing it as something other than you, you could see it as a potential that you have. Mm-hmm. We all have potential to experience wakefulness. And by wakefulness, I literally mean just paying attention without judgment. Yeah. By being awake, it's not this big like thing that you have to go and live in a cave in the mountains in some exotic land. That's not real right what's real is coming to sit and have a meal with your sister or your best friend and actually being there Mm -hmm. with them like engaging with them Mm -hmm. in deep listening being interested in what your friend or your partner or your sister has to say over that meal to experience the meal with each bite these are the ways that you incorporate mindfulness and meditation into your everyday life as simple as that when you sit down you sit down and you feel the earth beneath you when you take a breath you feel the breath moving into your body and you feel your body relax on the exhale awakened energy isn't necessarily sustained over a lifetime it's moments of awake, Mm, of wakefulness, if that makes sense. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, if you've ever stubbed your toe, holy shit, you have that moment where you're like, (gasps) you are awake. There is a wakeful moment. You are in full awakeful moment of the sensation of your toe throbbing. You're not thinking about putting your utility bill in the mail. You're not thinking about that DM you need to return. You're not thinking about, you know, what happened last year or what you're going to do later. You are like taking a deep breath and that toe of yours is going throb, throb, throb. And the sensation is all you're focusing on most likely, Mm -hmm. even if it's just for a moment. Yeah. Okay. There's one example. Another example could be uh, when you have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. In the, heat, in the peak of your orgasm, or just as your orgasm is building in your body, you're not thinking about that DM you need to return. You're not thinking about taking the trash out. I mean, 
you're not. Right. You're completely immersed in the body and having this very visceral sensory experience. And you're you're riding the wave. You're having this flow state of, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. You're feeling it, you're living it, you're breathing it. Whether it be a stubbed toe and it's pain or it's the pleasure of an orgasm, those are all wakeful moments. Those are all moments of clarity Yeah, where you're fully there. Yeah. It's fresh. It's crisp. It's like being in your house and it's all cozy and warm. And then you go outside on a winter day and you're bundled up, but you go outside and you feel that cold air on your face and you breathe in that cold air and you feel it in your body and everything gets really fresh and crisp. It's kind of like waking up from a dream and you're going, oh, that was a dream. Yeah. And now this is a moment and I'm right here with you. So it's it's like really just trying to create individual moments in a consistent pattern, which is why meditation is a practice, right? Is because yeah. if you only do it Saturdays, it doesn't last. <laughs> it's kind of like showering, right? 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 You, yeah. Ideally, you want to have a regular habit of showering or staying uh, fresh in your body. Right. Uh, you know, we all have our different habits, but at the same time, it's like, consistency it's it's like um staying hydrated it's like um making time to get your nails done you carve out time to do things for your basic self-care for your uh, mental health for your physical well-being and meditation and mindfulness is like one of those habits that you have to cultivate nobody on this planet if you grow up in a modern society or a culture, a westernized culture, has been habituated to experience mindfulness just automatically. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're all habituated to distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I spoke about this, I think, last weekend or maybe on our training weekend together where we have evolutionary or biologically been trained over thousands of years for our brains to go from one pleasure-seeking experience to another pleasure-seeking experience and trying to avoid the stuff that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we don't feel good, we think something's wrong, one. And two, if something doesn't feel good, we're trying to seek out any way to take that edge off yep. and so our and part of it is strangely like positive from a human uh, evolutionary perspective if our as a human being we didn't seek out pleasure after pleasure after pleasure most likely the human race would have ceased to exist because we wouldn't have procreated. We would have been like, all right, one and done. That was good. I'm cool. I'm good. I don't need any more. Right. But instead, something like sex or procreation, it feels good. So we seek out more. And from a biological standpoint, that makes sense to procreate and to have humans multiply. Right. If we only enjoyed something delicious once and then we were satisfied our whole life, we had one cup of delicious coffee and we're like, I'm good now. You know, we wouldn't then seek out more. Right. So there's something to it from a cellular, evolutionary, neurological, biological level that makes sense that we're constantly seeking. Yeah. So then our nature is and our nurture because of habit is to seek pleasure, seek pleasure, Mm -hmm. seek pleasure, avoid discomfort, avoid discomfort. And unfortunately healing and clarity and insight into who we are, the nature of who we are as a human being means that we're going to have to actually look in and see or experience discomfort Mm -hmm. on any healing journey, whether it be gut healing or emotional healing, or family pattern healing, or whatever it is that you say to yourself, this isn't supporting my well-being anymore. I really do want to change certain ways of who, certain aspects of who I am Mm -hmm. so that I feel more peaceful in my life, feel more relaxed in my life. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If you've had any addictions in your life and you said to yourself, I don't want this pattern anymore. You're going to go through a period of withdrawal yeah, where you're going to have to find other ways of either relaxing or learning how to 
build up your resiliency and your capacity to be with discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting you say that because that weekend with the retreat, I... uh, we were, it's dopamine, right? You're looking for these dopamine hits. And so totally. I called my mom and I'm like, mom, I am just constantly chasing dopamine hits. And I schedule them through my entire day. And to, to some extent, that's great because like, I look forward to my coffee and I look really? forward to walks with my dog. But I was like the second, and it's so funny. And our mom listens to every podcast. Hi, mom. So, hi, mom. <laughs> uh, she's just like the most wonderfully happy human. And so I'm like, okay, you probably don't get this, but like, and she probably does at some level, but I'm like, I can't sit with discomfort. And so after the weekend, I started acknowledging, just acknowledging mm-hmm. when I had something that I was trying to run from. And I think Mark might have said it like, sit with it, dig into it, whether it's a physical, like, itch or right like when you're meditating or a mental one of like okay that I thought about this three or four times and so I'm distracting myself but like let me just like really work through it and like so and so didn't text me back okay let's sit with that for a second is it the end of the world no am I gonna be okay yeah oh wow I feel better because for 30 seconds of discomfort I worked through the thing that's been bothering me for three days and we might initially want to dismiss something like that and be say like oh that's that's so petty or that's so small or yeah of course we should not make a big deal about somebody not returning our message and at the same time on a deeper level it really sort of pokes at an area for you at least possibly that is tender yeah it's a tender Mm -hmm. point right you for whatever reason this means something to you. And so if we were to take like the circumstances, someone not returning your message and get underneath it, what's interesting, and we can all do this in different areas of our lives, start to get curious around what what is that from a human level that is tender for you? Yeah. Does it does it poke at like the part of you that doesn't want to be rejected that wants to be accepted and these are all just things to be super curious about right we all can relate to not wanting to feel rejected to wanting to be accepted to uh wanting to we've all felt all those things we felt lonely we felt um all the feelings that are human right and then all the circumstances on the surface are unique to you yeah right for me it might not be I might not think twice about somebody messaging me or not messaging me, but I'll have another thing that might get me. Right. right? And Mm -hmm. really start to spin out. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's so interesting because another thing that like really stuck with me from the weekend is in today's world, we are, we spend the majority of our time reflecting on the past or projecting into the future and not in the moment. And it's been life-changing, reflecting or projecting, right? It was it was just said so quickly. But when I was able to realize how much time I'm spending reflecting on something that has already happened and is done or projecting on something that actually is never going to happen, like, I was mind-blown. I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, if I can just be in the moment and let whatever happen, happen, that doesn't mean, like, don't work hard. That doesn't mean, like, don't try your best, but... If I can't control something that's going into the future, why am I spending right now trying to change it, fix it, work on it? And the past, what, two weeks now, I have been stiller. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not stiller. Yeah, I love that. It's stiller. stiller. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm not having stressful moments. It doesn't mean, right? I think that is something that is so huge for everyone to hear is... Just because you're starting to pay attention on purpose and notice the ways in which we kind of hang on or project or cling or push away or reflect past, future, past, future, that when we practice meditation, when we start to tune into the present moment, it's learning to relax with all that energy. Yeah. 
that we don't have to change it. It doesn't mean that when you start to meditate and build up a more consistent meditation practice or start to practice mindfulness out in your life, that those thoughts go away or that those urges change. It means your relationship to them does. Yes. You start to see them and, and you're not as hooked by them or you can relax and let them sort of flow past you and not be so urgent or uptight or wanting to fix or figure it out. Yeah. That as I'm meditator, you're not trying to stop your thoughts. And I think that can be a lot of intimidation for people as they think, when I meditate, I have to stop thinking or I'm not supposed to feel things or be uncomfortable. I need to be all like levitating and Zen. And that's just not real. Yeah. Even if we create a conducive environment for that, like by setting up a peaceful space and having, um, you know, all the, all the things that we need to feel like we can sit down for 20 minutes and meditate when on the outside, we might look peaceful like a Buddha, Mm -hmm. Uh, but on the inside, there might be a lot going on, Mm -hmm. lots of thoughts, lots of sensations, lots of emotions. And I'm here to say, yeah, totally. No problem. There's no problem with when you sit down, you're full of energy, full of thoughts, full of, of sensations. You might even have the opposite where you feel like you can't concentrate. You're bored. You're annoyed. You're agitated. I say, bring it on every single thing that's going on in your mind, in your body, uh, in your emotions or sensations arising. All of it can be used as just a gateway into paying attention. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. that. So go ahead, Jen. Well, because this is a gut health podcast, what I wanted to talk about was I feel as though with myself, I'll put this on me, but I know that this happens with a lot of people. I know this happens with Jill. It's like the stress through life has leads a lot of people and, you know, a dysregulated nervous system to having all of these gut issues. And if you can pinpoint a lot of the issues that I see in my practice, that we have people coming to us to talking about comments, DMs, all of that. I feel like so much of it is just the fact that we have so many racing thoughts, so much stress built up in our body. Our nervous system is not in that parasympathetic rest and digest state. And I'm here to ask for myself and behalf of everybody, how can we get more into that zen relaxed regulated state because i know it's detrimental it to, detrimental. to our lives it is yes. yes stress and everything you mentioned wrecks havoc on every aspect of our every system in our body mm-hmm. right everything from the mental health from digestive system to our cardiovascular system every aspect is being impacted and affected so first, it's acknowledging, right? Yeah. Like, I am living in a state of chronic stress. Yeah. To just say it out loud, we, and maybe this is something that's like Jillian, you can relate to, is constant busy, mm-hmm. constant distractions. So your nervous system has habituated and gotten so used to being in a sympathetic state, the part of the nervous system that is preparing to run, to fight, to, to hide, Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is to get out and get away or escape whatever's going on. We've gotten so used to being in a sympathetic state that average human being out there, including myself, you know, before dedicating myself to a, to a steady meditation practice is I'm just normalized to being in a state of stress mm-hmm. so much that when I'm not, I think something's wrong. Yes. Yeah. Something's wrong. Something's not right. Why? This feeling of relaxation, I I have to get busy or I have to do something to change that. And really what it is, is our body is returning to a state of rest and digest, but we don't know how to be in that place because we're so used to being in a state of heightened. Yep. Yeah. So our liver, our, you know, our liver is constantly dumping glycogen. Our, um, our cardiovascular system, our heart rate, our, everything is like 
amplified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our kidneys, our adrenal glands, everything starts to prepare itself for some type of threat. Mm-hmm. From an evolutionary standpoint, that threat in our bodies is seen as that saber-toothed tiger. Oh, shit. You get an email, you get a DM, you get a a side eye from someone, and your nervous system goes into fight or flight. It doesn't know the difference in a literal way between an actual threat, like somebody is chasing you, Mm -hmm. and an unsettling email. Which is or your partner or your sister ignoring you or whatever it is. And we say like in this, in the sense of gut health, but this is still the same mentally is people for don't actually remember what it feels like to be healthy or they don't know what it remember to feel like just not even to be calm, to be like baseline normal because you've been so hyped up in that fight or flight mode for so many years that you, you don't actually know what it feels like to just be okay. And it's not even, it's not your fault. (laughs) Like it's something to really be really tender and gentle and kind to yourself because we have trained ourselves either in our family systems or in our social systems to be amplified and heightened. And that's a version of success. That's a version of like goals Yeah, is to be busy, to be on and to perform no matter what's going on, showing up and, and going, 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 going. And it just eventually will run you down and it'll either show up as chronic inflammation in your body, digestive issues, some type of autoimmune conditions, stress conditions where your body just finally says, I can't anymore. And it shuts down. Yeah. And, and, and then that's not a quick fix. No, Like when you get yourself to that point, there's, you can't just come to one hour at Sukha yoga and (laughs) be out. And that's the part that breaks my heart is sometimes people will say, oh, I tried to meditate and it didn't work for me. Or I tried yoga or I tried whatever it is. I tried going gluten-free and it's like, but you have to really look at the whole system and your whole, your, your everything. And say, okay, well, it's not just about like eliminating a food group. Like that's not going to do the trick. And that's so important to know because you can't fix or save yourself mentally, emotionally, or physically by avoiding or eliminating something from your life. You have Mm -hmm. to look at your whole system. So if 80% of the time you're in a state of chronic stress and only here and there experiencing ease... You have to really be willing to slowly, over a long period of time, reverse that. Mm -hmm. Ideally, we're in a parasympathetic or a rest digest for 80% of of our time. Mm -hmm. Perfectionists out there, release. (laughs) Don't think about the percentages, (laughs) right? But 80% of the time, our, our bodies, if we could be in a rest and digest state, then when we don't want to throw the sympathetic state under the bus, it serves a purpose. If, if I was walking across the street with you and you looked over and saw a car speeding through a red light, your sympathetic system would grab my arm and yank me across the street to safety. We want that. Right. Mm -hmm. We want the cylinders to start turning on and go into protection mode when something is really a threat. When they're supposed to. When they're supposed to. Yeah. But we are so habit trained to be in basically all the time a state of like, <gasps> what's that? Oh my God, danger, 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 danger. Yep. That we actually don't know how to feel when we're not. Yeah. And so then we create those cycles where we're in some version of stress or some version of chaos yeah. in order to feel normal. Yeah. yeah. And so it's so normal. When you start meditating, you start slowing down or you start paying attention that one, it's really uncomfortable, right? And two, that your body might almost go into a state of like crashing or having to relearn Mm -hmm. how to be. And so first, baby steps. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be like, I'm going to move to the mountains and uh, cancel all my, my social media accounts and... uh, 
you know, go vegan and farm or do whatever kind of extremes that your mind might tell you you need to do in order to be peaceful. Right. Just actionable steps, literally like splashing cold water on your face to activate the vagal tone of your body. Yes. Ice water. Ice cold water splash on your face anytime. Okay. okay. Literally anytime. Like as a reset potentially. hundred percent. Okay. Cold ice water, washing your hands, splashing or you know, submerging your face in cold ice water turns the parasympathetic system on. I saw someone post about that the other day as they dip tanks, uh, an account I follow on social media. Uh She dips her head in a bowl of ice water when if she has like bouts of bad anxiety, that's how she starts her morning. Yes. Um, Yes. So I don't like to put like timelines or rules around stuff because then we can get into this habit of thinking, oh, well, it's not morning. So I missed my opportunity to reset. Yeah. Guilty. Yeah. It's it's super normal. Yeah. Right. We want to be good. We want to follow the rules, especially Mm -hmm. those of us who struggle with perfectionism or, you know, comparison or feeling like we have to do it perfectly or we don't want to do it at all. Finding a way to approach these practices with the attitude of my, of in Buddhism, I'd be like coming to the middle way, right? Not too tight and not too loose in your attitude, right? We're not eliminating. We're not quitting. We're not running from, we're not suddenly changing who we are as a person. Fundamentally, mm-hmm. we're learning how to be with ourselves in a more relaxed way. Yeah. So yeah, back to some of the like yes. things we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, fun things are singing. Hello. I, I love to sing. <laughs> yes. So turn that music up when you're driving and sing. Singing turns on the vagal tone of the body. The I have to nerve. stop you real quick because one of like our mom's best friend, we call her aunt, sent us in the group message a like a gif or something like that that was like is singing. it gif or is it gif who knows okay. <laughs> I think <both. laughs> um she's or she said it was just like a something it was like singing activates yeah. is it the vagus nerve yes, it is. yeah yeah I have been singing out loud as a form of Amazing. stress relief my entire life. It's it driven works. me nuts. My, she hates it. My dad hates it. And my mom loves it, of course. But I'm not kidding. That Sorry, that just brought me no. back to that exact moment because that... They, I've always, my family's always been like, Jenna just sings all the time, but I don't. You're self-soothing. You're mm-hmm. regulating your nervous system through singing. exactly what I did, and I all never right. knew it was the case. Okay. I accept Give it. Give some I love that. Truly, my whole life. Maybe you but, join in. Maybe. you join in. Maybe. I love that for me, but so, keep going. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, those are some of the, the you know, the ice water mm-hmm. and the singing are two just super actionable, very down-to-earth ways, very, like, accessible to anyone can do it. What about dancing? Any kind of mindful movement. Any movement that allows you to, like, drop in and not be in your head. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. um, You can dance. Our grandma's best friend of 50 years, shout out Sue. She's, I believe in her eighties and she wakes up every morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And she dances yeah. and she'll dance for 20 or 30 minutes and by herself yeah. in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And she's been through really tough things in the past year, year and a half. Our grandma passed away and that was her best friend. And it's like, she swears by dancing. Yeah. So any type of movement that allows you to not be like following a particular, you know, not like, um, what I describe it, like here's one step. Then you follow that like free, Let free be. movement, free form movement, connecting you to part of why that works for her is because it's somatic, it's physical, it's yeah. embodying you. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, our stress, our anxiety, our worries live in the space between our ears. So the more that we can connect to our bodies, mm-hmm the more we can tune into our innate wisdom. Yeah, Mm. I love that. There's a brain-body connection. There's a brain-gut connection, right? Y'all know this. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can have an experience that's less intellectual, Mm -hmm. less philosophical. Mm -hmm. So for me as a meditation teacher, one of the challenges is to try to encourage students to not just read about meditation, not just listen to some uh, 
teacher talk about meditation, but to actually feel it in your body and it doesn't have to look like you imagined it to. Yeah. Of course, there's real value to sitting in a more traditional uh, setting for meditation. It doesn't mean you have to come to a meditation center, a yoga center, or even sit with a teacher necessarily. It could be that you, I mean, if you have to, the quietest place in your house is your closet. I, I have some of my students who, when they meditate, they the only reprieve they have from everything happening in their household is just to go into their closet and take a few minutes to be with themselves. So the vagus nerve, though, it's such a fascinating, it starts in the base of the brain. There's two branches to it, and it moves down along the outer seams of the neck and moves, plunges kind of like into your chest and moves for your vital organs. Right. So anything that has to do with your respiratory system, your digestive system, it goes right into the gut, uh, all the vital organs it's connected to. And I kind of think about it when I imagine it being turned on, it's like little fairy lights, right? And the fairy lights like get lit up and, and like, it's like all this magical, I mean, it's physical, it's real. It's, it, you can, it's connected, but it's also energetic. Yeah. It's also energetic. So uh, but I like to think about it as like when you do deep diaphragmatic breathing, mm-hmm. it's like you're massaging that part of your body, right? You're like really getting down into your belly. And most of us don't breathe into our bellies. It's most not- of us breathe up into our clavicle mm-hmm. and in our chest. And it's mainly because we've been taught to hold it in. Hold our, I mean, get your shit together. Yeah. Get your shit together. Which basically says, like, hold your shit in. Yeah. Right? Don't relax. Don't relax your belly. Yeah. And that's really the opposite of what I would say if you're wanting to have a more connected relationship to your gut or to, and I mean physically and also emotionally and energetically, to trust or tap into what you might call your intuition or your gut it's going to ask you to relax, to relax your belly, to relax your body rather than holding it in. But we're so trained at buttoning up, right? Get it together. Right. Not right now. You can't cry. Don't feel that. You've got to focus. You can think about that later. Mm -hmm. Instead of actually being in your body and having a lived experience. Yeah. Your lived experience might be you feel like a piece of shit today. What would it be like to actually be with yourself and not try to fix it? Yeah. And it's, you know, what I was telling you earlier is I feel like when I had my worst gut issues, the second I was anxious, stressed, nervous, bloated. And I was like, okay, it's not from the food I just ate, or maybe it is because I was so anxious, but it was this, it it was almost like a switch. Jenna's anxious about something. Her stomach is bloated. Like, why? And now I know. And especially what you just said is like, okay, I'm, I'm holding it in there. I'm not releasing those emotions. I'm not doing, I'm probably breathing what in, through my chest area. Or yeah. Like you're holding your breath, holding, so my breath, holding yeah. the breath, breathing shallow triggers that sympathetic state, that place of fight, flight, freeze, flee, or fawn, right. Trying to like appease somebody or make it like better depending on how you you know meet um stress yeah instead the focus is on abdominal breathing on diaphragmatic breath on on using your full lung capacity to stimulate the vagal tone another thing you can do yes is to lie on your right side like curl into fetal pose like Mm -hmm. curl up if you're stressed there's nothing wrong with curling up on the floor at home Wrap a blanket around yourself and lie on your side, your right side, and focus on slow, deep breathing. And let yourself feel like shit. Let yourself feel sad. A lot of the times we think there's something wrong with us if we feel bad, sad, mad, jealous, angry, lonely, tired. We think, I shouldn't feel those things. Something must be wrong. And yeah, what's wrong is you're suppressing or not giving yourself the space just to feel down. Yeah. Human beings, we often live in this like black and white thinking where it's like, I have to be happy or there's something wrong with me. Instead of seeing that every emotion, every thought, every, even the bodily sensations that we have throughout the day, all of them is just on a spectrum. 
There's nothing, even when your body is bloated, look, it's just feedback. Yeah. You're right. You could go into a shame spiral about being bloated. For me. And I would all the time. Of course, which exacerbates and amplifies the feeling of shame and the feeling like, like something's wrong with you. And then it just keeps perpetuating the cycle of not feeling well or not feeling at ease. And by being at ease and well, I don't mean that everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. And that is extremely important because we think when I'm on my healing journey, whatever that looks like, means I'm going to get to this place where I'm better, where I'm going to get to this place and everything will always feel good. And I can look back and go, peace out, sad, mad, angry, bloated, blah, whatever it is that you're experiencing. And that's just not real. Because I'm happy now. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just fake. Yeah. And fake healing is not sustainable healing. Yeah. You could look the part, right? All day long on the outside, you could look the epitome of health, but be struggling with self-acceptance, with body acceptance, with, you know, and you might even be making choices to look the part rather than really feel at ease in your skin. Yeah. It's, we say health is not a look, it's a feel. And I think we all think we should look a certain way. And social media society is so much pressure. And even on TikTok, you'll see these like videos that make these people that are like, you know, they make it seem like their life is this beautiful magic fairy tale. And I think we all subconsciously know that it's not the case, but we're so I don't want to use the word program, but maybe it is, but we're, we're here and that's why we're debunking this and hearing the words from you. It's so amazing that you can do these things and still feel those feelings that we think are wrong. But yes. what we're learning is they're the takeaway from right. if anyone listening wants to have like a nugget to take with them yeah. is to just plant a seed of curiosity around your relationship to needing to feel good all the time. Yeah. Because if we're always striving to feel good all the time, guess what? We're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And we're going to then think something's wrong with us. Yeah. And that's just not true. No matter how much you take care of yourself, no matter how much you meditate even, or you're doing all the things, quote, right, when it comes to healing your gut for this particular instance or any other aspect of your life... If you think it's going to suddenly be good all the time, then we set ourselves up to fail and we miss an opportunity to learn to relax with the ebb and flow and the expansion and contraction of our sense of well-being. And so if we're always holding on to, I am well, if these circumstances, I'm not bloated. Mm -hmm. I don't have like a a hangover and I mean emotional hangover a alcohol and tooth hangover a whatever hangover if if my um going to relationships if my kids are well behaved if this and that is happening if my job is acknowledging me if I'm making enough money all these are outer circumstance stuff that we actually can't control yeah we have no control over anyone else we have control over how we respond to it but we can only work with our response if we understand and have a relationship with ourselves and recognize that we're not perfect, we're not robots, and that there's seasons to it all. Yeah. Right? We're just learning how to relax into what is. And I'll share very briefly about you know my history. I'm in recovery from bulimia and over-exercising and orthorexia and all of these versions of control and ways in trying to change how I feel about myself or to take the edge off my restlessness or my anxiety to try to numb out or push away or run away, literally, my feelings of dis-ease inside of myself. Mm -hmm. And my meditation practice has been such a blessing because I can come to my cushion and I can feel bad and I can still have a really rich experience. Bad doesn't have to be scary. Feeling low, feeling depressed, feeling bored, feeling angry. All of that is, if we could see it as just energy. Yeah. Just energy. And it's, the energy is going to change. It's going to, it, 100%, that energy will change. Your yeah. mood will change. 
it's not permanent. Yeah. And we hear it all the time, right? It's not permanent. It's like kind of cliche. Everything is impermanent. But if we were to really not just think about it as an idea, but actually consider it as a a state of being, mm-hmm. you, me, we're made of energy. Mm-hmm. We are not solid. I mean, we feel solid. But we're not. We're energy. We're, we're cellular energy. Right? Everything is shifting and changing. Imagine yourself 10 years ago. Yeah. Are you really that same? On a cellular level, you're not. Right. On an emotional level, I think that each of you, at least we could say here, we've grown. Yeah. We've matured. Yeah. yeah. But when we get stuck in habits, whether it be eating disordered eating patterns or striving and constantly like trying to get it together somewhere someday in the future, we we actually diminish our potential to mature. Yeah. We really hold ourselves back from the maturation process because being mature means that we have a capacity to be with discomfort. It's like, it, you're going to have to listen to this multiple times because I'm like, trying. Like, it's so hard to conceptualize how different the things you're talking about are compared to what we've been taught. Yeah. And that's not by our parents. It's not taught by anyone. It's like society as a whole, yes. you're angry. Don't be angry. Yeah. Well, what I've been doing in just in the past couple of weeks is when I feel sad, I'm like, okay, I'm sad. Yeah, I feel it. And all right, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. And sometimes it lasts five minutes, some t- but it hasn't really lasted that long. Because when, I, when I'm just like actually okay and not telling myself, like when I'm physically okay with being a little sad about it, I'm less sad. Yeah, because there's a feeling of acceptance and okayness yeah. mm-hmm. with it. It gives that feeling, for example, sadness. Yeah. Although everyone at home, you can plug in your own words or emotions or experience anything goes just plug it in when you give room for sadness loneliness craving uh, whatever it is you allow that energy to not be so overwhelming it's not as consuming you actually take the charge out of it yeah and that's a meditative state just take the charge out of whatever it is is arising by not trying to get rid of it yeah just sit with it. Being able to be with it. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a dismissive sort of higher than thou way. Because oh, yeah. that can sometimes come across as being like extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be with it. Yeah. That's kind of like saying, oh, just let that shit go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yes, that's real. Mm-hmm. But also it's a bit of a, a catchphrase because it's not really real. To let it go means you've done enough work with your own mind, your own heart, your own humanity, that you can actually see through it. Stillness, I'm telling you. It's like, it's just, and I have obviously so much further to go, but I honestly, I've been so shocked by, like, it kind of doesn't feel real, but it was just, it was just having the awareness of my mind's, in chaos. I'm in fight or flight. I am dismissing any negative thought in this attempt to be happy. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you sit with that, it really changes the way that you perceive things. It changes how you relate to that and to yourself. And a lot of what meditation or mindfulness practices are is self-study. We're learning, what am I like under different circumstances? How am I when things aren't going my way? And that's what's most interesting because, of course, when things are going our way, it's easy to be a patient person. It's easy to be a playful person. It's easy to be like what you might call a go-with-the-flow person. Yeah, It's easy when things are going your way. But what happens when things aren't going your way? That's when things get super interesting. Yes. When things don't go your way, when your day isn't unfolding how you planned it, that's when being able to be with yourself is such a powerful tool. That's when it's a total changer for your sense of peace. Because what we want is to let circumstances come and go, relationship dynamics come and go, and that we are the steady anchor inside of ourselves going, it's like this now. Yeah, and that's the goal. I love that. Like, that's kind of the perfect way to end this because for us, it's like, we're not looking to be this Zen person. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for 100% peace which is these perceptions. It's unattainable. It's unattainable. It's It's not real. To be able to sit with yourself truly 
in a place that when you're not having a good day, you don't spiral. And when you're having a, when you are having a good day, you're not like holding on to it going, Oh my God, I hope this doesn't change. It's just a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This has been, I mean, I feel like I'm going to walk out of this change in a sense of, I think it's so what the lesson that I am taking from this is like, you are so okay feeling all of the things. Not your whole day doesn't have to go perfectly right for you to just continue on and be happy. Like you can still be happy, still have contentment, even through the struggle, even through the pain, the, the anger, the feeling all the feels. And I think that's something that all of us can practice every single day. And especially those listening at home is just the acknowledgement of what you said is like, just like acknowledging how you feel and letting it be, letting it in, letting it, letting it be a part of the fabric of your experience. Like thinking about an emotion or a sensation or a thought as having like a texture to it, Mm -hmm. a quality Mm -hmm. and it's not solid. Yeah. Right. We hold and harden around ideas or ways of being. And if we were to allow it to be this sort of flow state where, mm-hmm. all right, I'm experiencing tension, but it doesn't define me. Right. Yes. Because we oftentimes think if I feel sad or if I'm angry, that means something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right. To come back to what we touched in on earlier. And my practice is a lot daily allowing myself to, it's, it's like the metta prayer in, in my meditation practice, we have something called a metta prayer and it's essentially an unconditional friendship towards whatever is coming and going Mm. that my peace or my feeling of okayness or my feeling of self-acceptance or even my physical healing. If I'm working with some type of physical challenge that my peace is not dictated by whether I feel fully healed or not. And when you're working with gut health or you're working with mental challenges or you're you're struggling with some type of circumstance that is breaking your heart in your life, the practice is that you yourself finds peace and okayness regardless of the circumstances. And that changed everything for me on my own personal healing is I keep relating to whatever's coming and it doesn't define me as a human being. It's not a comment on who I am as a person. It's something that's arising and I can work with that. And that means that anything is workable. And I say this from a place of a lot of privilege. So caveat on all this, if your basic needs aren't being met, right, you're struggling with how to support yourself, take care of your family, um, get all your basic needs like food and shelter. These are high level issues. These are quality problems that we're struggling with that we have the luxury to talk about gut health or to talk about mindfulness or talk about our reactivity. These are luxuries. And so our first and foremost, are we getting our basic needs? And if we are, then we have the space and time to consider how my life is being impacted by my reactivity. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge that yeah. you know, Thank you. we are important. all sitting in a seat of privilege yeah. Yeah. and that there are a lot of people on this planet who don't have that luxury yeah. to contemplate, you know, any of the things that we contemplate or that yeah. we're exploring here yeah. today, you know, and so closing, I'd, I'd love to just send a little shout out to everyone who's struggling today. Yeah. You know, people across this planet, whether it be with emotional, their emotional health, their mental health, their physical health, that, that everyone experiences some relief from anything that feels scary or overwhelming today. Love that. Thank you. You can access online classes, right? Every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday morning at 9am central time, I teach a meditation class that incorporates breath work, a Dharma talk where I'd share about uh, some aspect of my own life, as well as uh, some philosophical thing to contemplate. And then we practice in a group setting and uh, we'd love to have, you know, folks join from wherever they happen to be. Yeah. Because if, if you, if you listen to all of this and you're still like, okay, but I live in California, I, I've personally been, I'll be going next weekend. <laughs> uh, but 
I would strongly encourage you to just try it out. Just try it out. Yeah. yeah say yes. Give it one, one practice yeah. and just know that this community that myself and that this practice of meditation will take you, I promise you, literally just as you are. Yeah. You do not have to be fancy. You just come as you are. You can even do it in bed. We call that meditation. It's so not even get out of bed. You just <laughs> log in and meditation. I want to meditate more. I want to meditate more. And the website is sukayogaaustin.com. Sukayoga. And we'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. And if you live in Austin, Texas, we tell all the time on our Instagram story, you need to come to either Suka Yoga or Maha to get the best, I swear to you, the best baked goods in Austin, Texas, maybe in the country. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I've kidding. Been, I have not found anything Jill and I have truly it. not found anything better. Yep. And the, um, the drinks, the whatever you call them coffee, Drinks, coffee. <laughs> as i'm not cocktails Dennis, Dennis, like, her mind's so I'm blown like, like, what's yeah. that yeah. liquid <laughs> what's that thing that we get out of bed for right oh, coffee, coffee. Yes. matcha the Thank works you. like this has been such an yeah, incredible conversation I'm, so... I'm pumped selfishly just to go back and listen to yeah, it me too. um and yeah just thank you so much. the best yeah. oh thank you yeah. yay